A book of Acts, chapter number 16. Now this is not what we come with. Uh, the Lord has somewhere along the line changed gears and turned us in a different direction. Uh, but you pray for us tonight. I certainly desire your prayers. Acts chapter number 16. I believe a very familiar passage of scripture to each of you tonight. And I have no idea where we're going. I'm just going to throw that out there and... Uh, be up front and honest about it. I don't know where we're going, but I'm going to follow the Lord tonight. Uh, I've learned a long time ago that when I go on my own, I'm going to end up in a ditch somewhere. I'm going to end up in a, in a train wreck somewhere. But I just want to follow the Lord Jesus tonight and, and trust Him. Acts chapter number 16 and beginning in verse number 25. The Bible says this, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of, out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled." But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And I believe this is the greatest question that can ever be asked tonight is simply this. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I like this. And thy house. You may be seated. Our Father, we bow in your holy name tonight, and it's in the name of Jesus we come to you tonight. And God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, for your precious word. God, we're thankful for your sweet spirit that we have certainly felt in this place tonight. And God, I just pray, Lord, tonight, just something that would make it uh, better than what we've already had tonight is somebody would turn their life over to you, surrender all to you tonight. And Father, we pray, God, that you'd help us. Lord, I pray that you'd take this stammering tongue and take my broken words. And God, I pray that you'd knit them together and bind them together. And God, I pray, Lord, that it'd land upon the ear that needs to hear tonight. And God, I have no idea where we're going, but Lord, I'm trusting in you. Lord, I need you tonight. I need you tonight. And God, I'm asking for your help. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Give you glory and honor. And it's in Christ's name we pray. And amen. I thought tonight the reason why when you look, if you read in the, the former passages of Scripture that we read here tonight in your hearing, you'll find that Paul and Silas find themselves in prison because there was a damsel, the Bible says, that had been possessed with a, uh, a, a demon of divina divination. And, it, and they had, she had owners, and they brought them much gain as she would go out. And she was kind of like a soothsayer, if you will. And it grieved Paul. They, she kind of followed Paul and Silas around. And the Bible says that it grieved Paul to the point that, that he cast that demon out of her, the Bible says. And, and the Bible says within that same hour, that demon left that young lady. And the owner, the, the person that had control over that young lady saw that, uh, that their gains were lost, that the hopes of their gains were lost. And, and they took hold of Paul and Silas and they threw them into prison. 
Now you think about this. Uh, if you go back and look in, I believe it's in verse number 17, you'll find that, that when Paul and Silas were around, notice what it said there. It says, these men, now this is the demon speaking through this young lady. It's, it says, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And I thought about that way tonight, the way of salvation. And I thought that, that when Paul and Silas was thrown into jail, it wasn't but just a matter of, of maybe hours after they got there. And I believe that the jailer had been given such a charge that, that they were thrust into the innermost part of the prison and the jailer was given such a charge that if, they were, if these men, Paul and Silas, were to escape, that he was going to lose his life. And, and that's the reason why that when, when the doors were open and the shackles were turn, turned loose off of these men that he was going to take his own life for fear, that somebody else was going to kill him, that his higher-ups or people in authority of him was going to, was going to take his life uh, away from him. But, but Paul, you think what happened there that day when Paul, sprang, when Paul jumped out and said with a loud voice, cried with a loud voice and said, Do thyself no harm. Now, could you imagine? You know, and I thought about those other prisoners. I, I, the doors were open. I, the, the Bible says doors... That's many, I believe. That's, that's more than one. Uh, that, that's not singular. But I believe that, that there were probably multiple prisoners in that jailhouse that day. And I thought that not a, you know, and I thought maybe what kept them there, what kept them from fleeing and running, I thought maybe, maybe they themselves had found themselves on, the, on their knees praying to the God of heaven that Paul and Silas was praying to and Paul and Silas was singing to that night. No doubt they heard the prayers and no doubt they heard the singing along the, about the midnight hour, the Bible says. And you think about that midnight hour, it's a dark, lonely hour. It's, a, it's, it's the darkest and it's the longest and it's the loneliest hour that you may have in this life is the midnight hour. But you know, I thought about as Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, I had never been in a jailhouse before. I, I have never been in a prison before. I have never had shackles on my hands and chains on my feet where I would, would be bound down by, by something, maybe that I, a, a great crime or something that I had, might thank you, Brother Roger, that I might have done. But you know, I think back in my past in days gone by, prior to August the 8th of 1988 do you know that I was shackled do you know that I was chained chained I was in I was lost in my sinful condition and sin had me bound it had me pinned down to the point that I couldn't get around I couldn't go and I couldn't do what I wanted to do because of the effects of sin in my life but thank God one day that Jesus passed by I believe he reached right down and shook the very you, you think what he done there in that day of Paul and Silas I, I believe it was God himself that reached down and shook the, that, the very core of that building to the foundation the foundations were even sh shaken and the doors were open. The shackles and the chains were let loose off of those men. You think about that. And that's what God done in my life on August the 8th of 1988. I was lost. I was in sin. I was troubled. I knew that if I was to die, hey, I was going to face judgment and I was going to stand before God Himself and give an account. Thank God when Jesus passed by. He made a change that only He could make. He done something for me that night that only He can do. Mommy and Daddy couldn't have done it. The preacher couldn't have done it. My wife couldn't have done it. My children couldn't have done it. But Jesus done something for me that very night that only Jesus can do. He saved my soul that night. Made a difference and made a change 
in my life that only Amen. He could make. And you know, I hadn't been the same since. Amen. Thank God I can look back and, and, and see what God, and, and I think I was saved at a, at a very young age. I was saved at the age of 10. And I look back down throughout my life, and a lot of times I don't even realize what God has saved me from. That makes no difference here tonight. It makes no difference where you're at in this life. I want you to know that God can save you right where you're at. God can meet you in the condition that you're in. God can come right down and shake the very foundation of your chains and the very foundation of the jail and sin that may have you bound down and set you free here tonight. You know, I thought, uh, you think about that word saved. The jailer asked, I, I believe one of the greatest questions that was ever asked in the Bible, I believe that tonight. You look in verse number in verse number 30. It says, and the jailer, he jumped in and he, he brought a light. And I believe the Bible says that he come trembling. He was scared. He was nervous. No doubt, maybe he had heard the prayers of Paul. No doubt, maybe Paul and Silas had called out that jailer's name in prayer. And maybe they'd sang praises to the Most High God and, and, and worshipped Him. And no doubt, he came in and he was trembling. And notice what he asked. He said, sirs, what must I do? To be saved. Now let me just say this. There's nothing that you can do within yourself to save yourself. I can't save myself. I've done said it that mommy and daddy can't do it. Sarah couldn't have saved me. I couldn't have saved her. The preacher can't save you tonight. But the Lord Jesus can. And Paul said this. Notice what he said. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And he even went a little bit farther than that. He said, not only you can be saved, but your house as well. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know that you can walk out of this place tonight knowing that you've been born again, knowing that you've been saved, and not only that, knowing that there's great hopes for your family to be saved. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And I thought about that word saved. I thought, my goodness, what it means to me. You know, it, it doesn't mean the absence of danger. There, there's danger all around. You know, if, if we could put on our spiritual glasses tonight, you know, hey, there is a constant warfare, warfare out here tonight that is going on. Did you realize that, hey, there's, there's a, a, a battle against good and evil tonight? And you think about that. And I thought there, there's, there's danger all around. That word saved doesn't mean being in the absence, of, uh, or the absence of danger. But I believe this. It means being in the presence of Jesus tonight. Thank God I know that I'm saved. Thank God I know that I've been born again. I know that I've been redeemed. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hey, there ain't no greater thing that I can know for myself is to know that I've been saved, to know that I've been born again, and to know that my name is written in heaven tonight. That's the greatest thing that I can know in this life. And I thought about this. I thought many times, you know, that, or you think about that word saved. And maybe in, in scripture terms, the opposite of that word might be lost. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I think back to the time when I was lost. Have you ever been lost? I remember a time or two in my life when I was lost. Physically. Didn't have any idea where I was at. And I'll never forget one time. I might have shared this with you before. I'll never forget one time. It's been many years ago. How many of you remember the Hex building? 
at Quincy. I remember going to that old hex store up there, and we was in there one day, me and my brother and my sister and, and mom, and I'm sure dad was at work, and somehow, some way, I got separated from mom. I don't even remember how, I was probably three or four years old. And I remember looking around and not recognizing anybody that I saw. And I knew that I, I knew that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And it wasn't long, tears began to fill my eyes and they began to run down off of my face and I began to cry and looking for mom and I began to be panicked, wondering what do I need to do and you know what I was there was a little lady that come to me and she seen that I was a mess and she asked me if I was lost and I told her that I was and she asked me my mommy's name and I'll never forget my mommy's name being broadcast across that intercom in in Hex. And I'll never forget the day that I looked. Seemed like an eternity. Seemed like forever. I was separated from mommy. And I'll never forget I looked about as far as it it seemed like she was three days away from me. And I looked, and there was my mom, and I took off running. And I latched onto my mommy's leg, and I held there until we got to the car. Didn't want to leave her no more. And I'll never forget one time I got lost in the mountains of Kelly's Creek, turkey hunting one morning. Went way back through the mountains before daylight that morning. And, and, and when it became daylight, I looked around, and I thought, where am I at, and how did I get here? I was lost. And you know, when you're lost, panic begins to set in. I begin to panic. And I begin to, if you're not careful, you'll get turned around. You lose all sense of direction. Don't know which way to go. And I'll never forget one time I was lost, not, not particularly lost. I was in the coal mines. And my light had burned out. And I knew that there was a, a set of tracks there in front of me. And I knew that if I sat by those tracks, it wouldn't be long somebody would come by. And in the mines, when your light goes out, you can literally feel the darkness coming around you. And I'll never forget, I was sitting there, and every now and then I could see a flicker of light, probably 2,000 feet down. And I knew that somebody was coming. I knew that help was on the way. And it wasn't long they come up there, and they found me, and they took me back out. But you know, I'll never forget the day that Jesus came in, and I was lost. Before he came in, I was lost. I was lost as a ball in high weeds. Didn't, didn't have any direction in my life. Didn't know which way to go. But Jesus came. You know, and even, even before I even give Him any thought. You know, I hadn't considered being saved. I hadn't considered this man called Jesus. But you know, He came to me. Oh my. He came to where I was at. In my lost condition. In my lost state. And He came knocking on my door but you know what had to happen I had to be the one to open the door he wasn't going to enforce himself for me he wasn't going to he wasn't going to beat me over the head and 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 force me to anything against my will but thank God I surrendered to him that day and you know what he I wasn't lost no more but I was found thank God I think about I once was lost but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. You know, I thought about what Jesus has done for me and the difference that He's made in my life and the changes that He's made in my life. That, and He'll do the same for you tonight. 
My goodness, I look back down throughout my life and I see where God has been good to me. God has been so good in my life and I just have nothing but praise and honor for Him tonight. And I appreciate the fact that He saved me at a young age. And and you know what? That doesn't mean nothing tonight. I know, my goodness, I was talking to somebody the other day. I believe it might be down at work or somewhere. Somebody was telling me about an 80-year-old man that got saved. Do you know what the odds are against that? I mean, it's way up there. When you put it off and you put it off, and every time you put it off, it's easier the next time to put it off. So what I recommend tonight is for you to surrender all to Him. What must I do to be saved? Now, this man had it right. He He went to the right place and he was asking the right things, but I want you to know tonight that you can't do it on your... This man couldn't have done it on his own. But Paul told him all he had to do was believe. And I want to look over here in Romans chapter 9 and read a verse or two. The Bible says in Romans chapter 9 and verse number 9, the Bible says this. It says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt, there's that word again, thou shalt be saved. It's that simple. A lot of times we'll add more to it or we'll take something away from it than more than what we should. But you know what? It's, you know what? It's so simple that I believe the youngest mind in here tonight can comprehend it. It's that simple. God came to me and he laid it out there so simple that even the 10-year-old boy knew exactly what to do to just call upon Him and believe. Believe He is who He says He is. Believe He is the Son of God. Believe that He died on a cross for you. And not only that, we've got to confess it. You know, I remember the day that I got saved, August the 8th of 1988, and I, I couldn't wait. Daddy wasn't there, and I couldn't wait to get home to tell Dad. And I'll never forget, Dad was in bed. He would probably work an evening shift or midnight shift. I don't remember. It's been over 33 years ago. But I'll never forget, or 30, almost 35 years, going on 35 years ago. But I'll never forget when I got home that day, I ran down that hall and opened the door and jumped up in bed with my dad, excited that Jesus had saved me. I couldn't wait to tell Daddy. And then I went to school and told everybody at school that, hey, I've been saved. I've gotten saved. Couldn't wait to tell the world that Jesus saved. You know what it felt like? It felt like I was the only one. It felt like he came right to where I was at. And I was the only one. He made it that personal to me. And he'll make it that personal to you.